You ever wonder that if Barry's boot camp was started by the Barry from Best Buy? <laughs> I thought it was, um, isn't there the Arrested Development character, Barry, like, Zuckercorn or something? Isn't that the lawyer? That's the, 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 one, the, 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 Jimmy, the, the Jimmy in uh, Arrested Development? No, it was played by Henry Winkler, who is the Fonz. Right. I, I, do, not th- I do not think he would say Saul Goodman. <laughs> anyway, we'll, 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 we'll get to that. So it's, uh, it's, it's been a couple of months. It's been a minute, as the kids say. Yeah. It's a vibe. Mm-hmm. It is, yeah. Summer vibe. No. <laughs> uh, this, this summer has not felt very summery. Why is that? For me. I just, it just hasn't. It's because you're, you're living in San Francisco now. Well, the weather's no good this time of year. No, the weather, weather's nice. Like, you, you take the long days wherever you can get them, but I haven't been down to Santa Cruz at all this year. Oh, that's usually my, my summer respite. But. Well, a move is, is a disrupting life event, so I imagine it's hard to get the, the weekend trips and stuff in. Yeah, Are you, you, you living out of boxes still, or are you, you totally unpacked? Because I think, what, last time we talked, you had moved, what, like a week or two before that, right? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm mostly unpacked. I still have not committed to buying a bunch of replacement furniture that I need to, and I, I feel like I have a deadline of this weekend for that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Does that mean uh, some trips to Emeryville in your future? No, because we've already covered that I kind of don't want Ikea things other than like bookshelves in my life. So I don't hmm. know. So there hasn't been anything that's spoken to me yet, but I kind of have to get that figured out because um, I don't, I don't want to entertain in this current space. <laughs> I got, do you, do you have any, fir- like this, this is probably something that you, cause you've lived in your current home like three or four years, right? Yeah, four and a half now. Yeah. Have you ever had, do you have furniture that has been sun damaged? In the, well, in the backyard. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like my couch uh, was sitting like in my previous apartment for five years was uh, up against a very sunny window and now my couch is in an area where the back is not against a wall so it's got this big line behind it where the sun has aged the fabric on the top half only mm, yeah it actually looks very, it looks very very bad yeah come to um, think of it our the couch that's in our family room is in a similar spot and i i, I it was the same couch that we had in our apartment in san francisco too and mm-hmm. i i think it does have some sun damage too but it's it's kind of a color where it's it, it kind of hides, I guess. It's not super noticeable. Um, the thing that I actually do worry a little bit about in our in our house is that the OLED, which is also in the family room, is exposed to the sun, particularly like first thing in the morning. Um, there's these like three kind of big windows that all kind of look in on it. I don't, it's, is sun damage to an OLED a thing? If it is, I'm concerned. I don't know why it feels oddly menacing to describe windows as looking into something, but I don't. That's kind of what so. they do, though. Oh, the, or I usually it's kind of like is, is the glass half full or is the glass? Well, half I mean, the the, the do, windows do, do could windows be looking do, out. Yeah, I don't know. Well, in no, or you look you look out through the windows. The windows aren't. Looking that's in at you. that's what the windows want you to think. Big big window. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're, we're we're a little rusty here. It's been been almost it's two okay. months. Um. Yeah, I have to I have to clear out all these ideas that I have before Slack uh, kills my archives. <laughs> um, all right, so a few 
things we, we have a lot of cleanup because we have a couple of we have we have so much overdue stuff to cover so i hope next week the the coming seven days are extremely boring but um because we have like three main topics this week but we have we have we have some nonsense to catch up on so yeah so there's barry's boot camp there's furniture um yeah i don't know what well eh, let's just dive in what what else what what, what else is new with you <laughs> let's let's uh, start with you sure yeah um well so we have and also real, real real quick so yeah. prioritize these in order of importance mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um well okay so I'll, I'll come into the notes here and i'll i'll, I'll make one change craig's gonna be pissed <laughs> um so well so the the reason we haven't recorded since i think it was like june 22nd when i was pulling up the the google um notes is because I had a second kid um which yeah. which i'm gonna need some assistance from you on which you you can help me out with now or you, you can noodle on this for a week or so um i'm gonna need a a moniker for um james my my son um so you know my daughter madeline of course has been the the new housemate for the last couple of years and you know the obvious thing with james would be to maybe call him something like you know the the newest housemate or something to that effect but then we're starting to go down the road of 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 feeling like we're we're ranking the kids which you know you're you're not you're not supposed to do so i need you to give me a moniker where the two kids can be on um, equal footing when being referred to, if that makes sense. I'll, I'll, I'll workshop it, but also <laughs> immediately reminds me of the Arrested Development thing of, uh, well, I forget what the prompt was of asking Lucille which child was her favorite, and then there's the thing of, I don't care for jokes. <laughs> that's pretty good, yeah. That's one of my favorite lines. Yeah. Yeah. So so um, so think think think, think on, on that. Yeah. I mean, well, I'll I'll refer to him um, as James for for now, but but yeah. until you until you come up with a um, a new name for him. Yeah. But I, I haven't met him yet, so I don't know his disposition. Is he, is he a ball of chaos or is he a centering he's force? We don't see, know. He seems like he's gonna be a pretty mellow dude. Although he seems like huh. he he might be. <laughs> What's funny about that? You don't believe that? No, you you just oh man, when he's two and a half, I'm, can we? Well, we'll put a marker. Down. <laughs> he well, you, the, you just doomed yourself to extra terrible twos. Uh, well, my 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 daughter is is very very active, so it it wouldn't be wouldn't be surprising if if he actually ends up being that way too. I think you mean she's precocious. You know, <laughs> um, but he does he does seem like he's gonna be chatty. Um, he makes a lot of noises, including in his sleep. Like we're so we're actually we're we're very very lucky with him in that he's he's been a good sleeper from the get go, and and particularly recently he's been doing really really well. But I guess if I if I had one complaint, it's that there are moments in the night where he's making so much noise that I'm I'm like convinced he's awake. Because it's like the same noises he makes when he's awake, but he, but he's sound asleep. So he's like sleep talking. I don't think that's even like a thing for a six week old. But um, yeah. So I don't know. He might be a big talker. His sister is a big big talker. 
So again, he might, if he follows in her footsteps, then he'll be chatty. Yeah, you're 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 kind of angling for a lot of pull quotes this week of, and I think this starts with if I had one complaint about my two month old <laughs> child. Um, uh, well, it's it, it's you it, know it's does well does, does Sonos make a a speaker geared for cribs so that you can just ask Alexa to start playing a white noise machine to drink? Yeah, not not yet. Um, although mm-hmm. they they do make uh, I think they make white noise machines that'll like connect to Wi Fi and stuff. We just have a little mm. twenty five dollar one, but that's yeah. got like a busted micro usb port on it mm-hmm. uh, not that i'm angry about that um yeah i mean i don't know it, it's it's um it, it's it is it's different the second time around you you definitely like you take everything much more in stride like because the first time around it's like you have no idea like what to expect like you don't know I, like you know what's 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 normal what's not normal I was going to say that you care less and that's poorly wording it, but I actually think that's probably kind of true. Like you're less afraid because you know, you've done it once. You're less afraid of. Yeah. Yeah. You're just, you're more, you're definitely more confident and just sort of like like even kill. Like it's, you, you know, you're not going to burn it necessarily. Cause there, yeah, exactly. Like there's, there's a lot, uh, sorry, I, I'm, well, we'll get this into the audio here for a moment. I'm, I'm, I was distracted there for a moment because so Branson's out here with me. I'm, I'm in the backyard again. Um, I don't think we mentioned that. And um, there was a um, a dahlia plant back here that uh, I guess yesterday got taken out by a gopher. Like a gopher, like went in and like ate the roots of it, and then the whole thing like collapsed. And Branson just went over and um, is now is now eating it, which I, I don't think is going to be well received. Yeah, and you, I guess more so in this moment than ever before. You you are at peace with being middle aged. Oh yeah, I mean when you're when you're a father of two, you you kind of you kind of have to be. And you have uh, very time-accurate tales of gophers in your backyard. I feel like it's very much a middle-aged type thing. Yeah. Uh, does the gopher have a name? Uh, well, it did. I think there's more than one gopher, so... Um, Got it. Um, okay, so... Here, Phil, so- Phil, uh, yeah, give give me a second here. I think I need to. I think I need to take this thing away from him because I'm also like Google searching whether dahlias are like poisonous to dogs because a surprisingly large number of plants are poisonous. Okay, I'll, buy, I'll buy some time. Yeah, buy buy some time here. Yeah. So it's been two whole months. I don't know. The world feels like it hasn't changed that much, but it kind of has. Build back better sort of happened. See, the best part is that you can't edit this out if I talk every 10 seconds. I mean, according to petmd.com, I do not think that plant species poses a threat to dogs, but... Okay, we're back. So dogs can't eat mistletoe. Yeah, when we when we got Branson... The thing was like, I guess it must have been the vet who told us this at first. Like, a surprisingly large number of plants are poisonous. And like, we looked it up online, and it's like there's like hundreds of them. And we 
when we, we we had moved into this house like a couple of months before getting him and we didn't really know like what any of the plants back here were <laughs> and it was like a whole thing so anyway according to petmd.com uh while not poisonous these types of vegetation should be avoided for a variety of reasons including marijuana come mm. on anyway um hope the dog is doing well uh he's he's good yeah he um so you know, I saw, everybody. I saw, I saw him, I saw him very interesting, interestingly uh, accompanying a reading session. Yes, with, with your with your with your kids, and, that, and he looked very, very, very into the story. So, well, so actually, I mean, as <laughs> as evidenced by this this Dahlia incident just a minute ago, he would he used to dig up like plants and stuff a lot, and he he hasn't done that in quite some time. So this this Dahlia thing's the first time he's done that in a while. And in general, he, you know, everybody tells you when you have a second kid that, you know, the first kid might, you know, regress a bit and kind of, you know, rebel against the, the, the new kid. And she's actually been doing really, really well. It's, it's Branson who's regressed. Um, I think actually, because it's just, he, he, he likes to be on a very like regimented schedule and, you know, pre- pre-James he he pretty much was it was you know two walks a day pretty much at exactly the same time and you know when you have a when you have a new baby you know so your schedules have to be a little bit more flexible um which you know as mentioned a few minutes ago when you're a second time parent you kind of know that you go with the flow but but Branson he he you know he's still adjusting so he's he's rebelled a little bit but he's doing okay Well, welcome to the world, James Fretwell. And yeah. I assume he... Yeah, I think he's a Mac or a PC guy. <laughs> did, you, uh, did you guys ever adopt a strict screen strategy with your first housemate? I see. For, first, you need, you, need to, you need to workshop that. Well, no, that, that that was not that, that was not my best material. This is this is ten eighteen on a Wednesday night, and this 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 is a, this August is turning out to be a crap month. <laughs> um, so no, so this is not this is not my best material. But I but I'm curious. Yeah, like it, did you ever? Because I know you in in a moment of um, uh, shame, you admitted to the fact that you will sometimes just hand uh, an iPhone Pro Max to to your child when you sometimes need a break um was it was was, wait was that offline no no i i I mean she that was on the show i think it was she she doesn't quite know how to work a phone yet although it won't be long i mean we we do sometimes let her like see pictures and videos of herself and she kind of knows how to like flick through those um which as a quick little sidebar that that's a funny dynamic with her where she she doesn't like she doesn't want her picture taken is that we, we we bring the camera out and it's no pictures no pictures but then she loves looking at pictures and videos of herself anyway um <laughs> um we I, i'd say we're, we're relatively cautious with the screen time it's not like you know we've we've enabled screen time on the mac or something and we're like tracking you know exactly how long we're we're letting her watch tv and stuff but you know we we try to keep it to a a minimum i'd I'd say she probably only sees you know no more than like an hour or so of tv in a like on average per day like some days none some days a little bit 
more. And I think the recommendation is something like two or three hours, up to two or three hours a day. So I think, I think we're doing okay. Mm-hmm. Long car rides, you know, all bets are off. Um, and, you know, of course, the last few weeks, there have, I'm sure there have been some days where, you know, she's watched a little bit more TV than, than she should have. But, you know, again, you just got to kind of roll with it when, uh, when a new baby's in the house. All right. So on in the order of importance, what else new? So the other new addition to the Fretwell family over the last six weeks is a new car. Um, so I don't know if you know this, Carlos, but it's a great time to uh, buy a new car. Lots of inventory, good prices. Have you been hearing about this? I thought that mostly affected the new car market. Or sorry, the used car market. No, and it's it, it's both. Thing. Yeah, it's bad. Um it's it seems like it's maybe gotten a little bit better um but no yeah it's it's pretty it's pretty not that's not a great time to buy a car not the most fiscally responsible time to be buying a car um but you know we it's been kind of in the cards for for a while like we we were thinking that we were going to need a bigger car you know being a family of you know five including Branson of course um and you know the the lady friend she she had an an Acura RDX which which has been a great car she's had that for like seven years um, and it's it's kind of it's the car that you know we use when we need a little bit more space you know because my Model Three is a little bit limited in that department but you know once James came you know we we we've been in the car a bit um, including a, a longer car ride a couple of weeks ago and <laughs> it became pretty pretty apparent that with a double stroller and just like with all the extra things that you need with another baby that you know the rdx just really wasn't gonna cut it and so we we kind of accelerated the the car search a bit and so we initially were kind of going down the road of thinking that we wanted a i think the the car term is a large size suv I think that's what they refer to these as. This is like your Chevy Tahoes and Suburbans and Ford Expeditions, like that that sort of thing. Like the Chevy uh, Yukon, like that that kind of thing, where it's like a three-row car, and even with the third row up, you basically have like a full-size trunk. And then when the third row's down, it's it's, you know, it's like a massive, massive trunk. Um, so that was kind of the, that was the road we were going down initially. Um, but we kind of, we, we like, we realized two things. One was that those, those cars are horribly expensive. Um, like when you get them kind of specced out to where you want them, I mean, you're, you're talking a, a, a number that was starting to get kind of well outside our budget. And then the other thing was that you know, the, all the extra space that you get with that type of car, like it would be nice, you know, during certain times, but it it wasn't the amount of space that like we would need all the time. And so, you know, there is a bit of a trade-off with gas mileage and with drivability and being able to park, et cetera, where, you know, if if we didn't need all that extra space all the time, then some of those trade-offs and the added cost, you know, they kind of basically, you know, started not to really make sense. So we kind of kind of pivoted and instead started looking at 
full-size SUVs, which I think is the industry term. And so, and then, you know, when we started thinking about those types of cars, we kind of got the list down to, to three. We got the the MDX, the um, Volvo XC90, and the Explorer. And we actually, like, test drove those three cars. With the, the large-size SUV research, we didn't even get to the point we, where we test drove. We were just kind of poking around online. Um, but with those three cars, we, we, we test drove and, um, yeah, ultimately ended up with, the the MDX. Nice. So it's basically, it's the equivalent of taking the current thing, going into Photoshop and just expanding by 30%. <laughs> well, definitely. Yeah, no, I mean, for... Broken. From the so from the outside, that's totally true. Um, I mean, one of the really appealing things about the MDX compared to the other two cars is that it had just gotten like a total redesign last year, and so the interior is a is a huge update from the RDX that we had. I mean, the lady friend's RDX, you know, didn't didn't have adaptive cruise control, didn't have didn't even have like blind spot detection. Um, had a backup camera but it was like the size of a postage stamp like it was it so the the interior of this car and kind of like the the driver assist stuff and all that is is dramatically different um in the mdx and and overall just feels a lot more modern and nice compared to the other two the xc90 and the explorer both i know the explorers of the current design has been around a few years i don't know about the xc90 but both both of those interiors and, and the features on those cars um, just felt a little bit more dated. And then the other thing, too, was that, um, you know, we've been really, really happy with the RDX. And so, you know, there was, there was definitely a bias to kind of just stick with the, um, with the, um, with the Acura. And what does the the infotainment tech package look like? It's great. Um, you know, one of the things that I really liked about Acura as well is that they 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 pretty much fully load the the you know entry level trim, which is very different than like Ford in particular. Like, I mean, you know, the, to their credit, the the starting price like on the Explorer is quite a bit lower, but they just, you know, they nickel and dime you with every little feature and then certain features are locked behind certain trims, et cetera. Whereas with the, with the MDX, it's, it, there's kind of, there's kind of no reason to get anything other than just the base trim because the, the higher end trims just don't really add anything all that interesting. Um, so, you know, even in the entry level trim that we have wireless CarPlay, which is the thing I probably want to talk most about, um, you know, wireless charging pad, which is, you know, good, good combo with wireless CarPlay, um, you know, super, super high resolution um, screen that, you know, CarPlay and everything, the infotainment system is on. Um, the instrument cluster, that's also just a big screen. So there's no like physical gauges or anything. And that's also really high res screen. Um Oh, the, the part, I don't think we've talked about this part. This is going to be the most interesting part, I think. Um, so you've you've always been anti-touchscreen in cars, right? No. 
Oh, you like touchscreens. I'm, I'm, I'm anti. I, I prefer the way the BMW does it, which is that it's a touchscreen in the car, but also has a for while the car's in motion control, like manual controls. So you have like a rotary knob at the bottom. So I prefer both. I don't like when everything is a touchscreen to the point where it's unsafe to use while in motion. So what's interesting with the MDX um, is that it, it, there, it's not a touchscreen at all. Instead, there's a basically a trackpad. Um, it look it just you know looks like a looks like the trackpad on the bottom of your you know MacBook keyboard, um, and it. It takes some getting used to for sure. It doesn't make a great first impression. The 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 strangest thing about it is that it it operates differently when you're in the Acura software versus when you're in CarPlay. So when you're in the Acura software, there's not a there's not like an active cursor. Instead, it's like it's almost like you're touching the screen but on the trackpad. So like where you lay your finger down on the trackpad is sort of like where the cursor is going to end up being in the equivalent space on the screen, which also, yeah, which also means that the moment you lift your finger, you don't retain where you were. You, when you put your finger back down, you're kind of like starting over again, basically. Whereas when you're in CarPlay, there is basically just a cursor. And so you're kind of just moving moving that around like you would a mouse um it's it ends up not really being much of an issue though because i'm you know i'm just in carplay 95 percent of the time so i don't really have to worry much about how the acura interface works um and you know i've i've actually come to really like that method of of input particularly when driving um and I, 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 for a long time, have been kind of anti-trackpads and dials and stuff. Like, I've, I've always thought that I would prefer having a, a touchscreen in a CarPlay-enabled car. But the, the trackpad that the MDX has is actually, um, is actually really nice. Cool. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the, the two things with the car, like I said, wireless. I mean, so I, I've never owned a car with CarPlay <laughs> as, a, uh, as a Tesla owner. Um, and I mean, it's, it's really great. Like, I, I don't think I really have anything negative to say about it. Like it's, it's really, really good. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm using Apple maps. I actually want to hear what you do. Like I'm using Apple maps because it integrates with the car a lot better than Google maps does. Like one of the things that it specifically does is, there as on on the um instrument cluster display one of the little kind of windows you can have pulled up is navigation and that only works when you're using carplay if you're using apple maps if you're using any other third party navigation app in carplay nothing displays there um and then also of course like when you invoke directions through siri you know you can invoke directions coming through google maps but you have to you know add in google maps to the end of your request whereas if you just ask for directions by default that goes to to apple maps so what what do you do when you're using carplay uh just always google maps using the touchscreen no okay 
I mean, because like I'm either going, I'm going to home or I'm going to work or I just tap voice search. So the level of interaction that you need is very, very minimal. And in mine, I, and I am, this is a sore spot because I, they, they, they refused to update the software the last time I was there for routine maintenance at the dealership because they made an update where it would do the directions in the instrument cluster, but that requires like some new update that they uh, would not install for whatever reason. Mm. Like right, right now there is like the built-in like standard BMW maps inside the cluster, which which is still helpful while driving, but I do really want the option of, because ha- it would also do like Google maps directions via CarPlay in the heads up display. And that's the part that I, that I feel like I'm missing out on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Real quick follow-up. I'm I'm looking at a YouTube video, and the first result when I type in MDX trackpad is from uh, Marin County Acura. Oh. Yeah, it's it's a small trackpad, though. I mean, like, it makes sense how they're showing how, it, like, the, the where your finger lies kind of jumps to where it should be, which is neat. But no, I was, I was picturing in my head a, a, a larger trackpad. Um, yeah, I guess, I don't know, in, in the, so we, we've had the car for, like, exactly a week at this point, um, and I, that's never really crossed my mind, like, I've actually always thought it seemed like it was a decent size, um, it's also got this little, like, it's got, like, a secondary, like, like, right, like, 20%, like, just a vertical trackpad, sort of. Well, yeah, so we'll get, we'll get to that in a second, so the, the other thing that it does, though, is there's, like, a little, like, almost, like, wrist rest, um, which makes it really comfortable to use and is also actually just a really good place to like rest your hand if you're, you know, driving with one hand. Um the the design of it's really nice and kind of ergonomic. Um the the um right hand portion of the trackpad that you just mentioned, which yeah, is almost like a it's almost like the equivalent of like a scroll wheel on a mouse sort of because it it just kind of goes up and down basically. Um so the the way the the center screen works is that when CarPlay is up, um, it only takes up like two thirds of the screen, and then the remaining third is is always in this. I think they call them like cards or something. Like there's always this this Acura software that's in the 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 like right hand third of the display, and so that portion of the trackpad controls that. Um, I'll take a picture of this and send it to you, but the, the, the setup that I use when driving is, you know, having maps open in CarPlay. So that's taking up, you know, two thirds of the display. And then one of the cards that you can put on that right-hand side is just a now playing, um, screen for whatever CarPlay is playing. So, you know, if podcast and overcast or music and apple music whatever audio is playing it'll have like the album art and stuff on that right hand side hmm. um so yeah so yeah it's 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 just a really really nice car just it feels really really modern in a way that you know the other couple of cars didn't like we, we were really close to getting um an explorer like that probably more of a offline offline conversation um but yeah, we were really close to getting the Explorer, but um, ended up coming around to the MDX, and, and really glad that we did, just because it's it's, it's you know, like I said, just was just refreshed last year. Has a lot of really nice little features, um, including you know, kind of the set the second big thing, um, 
which you know you'll be, you won't be surprised to hear this like something that was kind of important to me when we were looking around were were driver assistance features um because you know I'm I'm the one who typically drives on longer car drives and I've become kind of accustomed to having that stuff in my Model 3 and the the Acura stuff is shockingly good um they 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 basically have the equivalent of of autopilot like like in the in the week that i've been driving it like we've done a couple you know hour long or so car drives and it 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 feels really really good on the freeway um so you know it's got active lane centering and adaptive cruise control um and the the ui for all that stuff and the the actual performance of all that stuff is um is really good um so i've been happy with that does it do lane changes for you or no? No, it doesn't do that. Yeah, so that's that, the thing where a lot of a lot of cars like the the lane keeping is way better than it used to be in a lot of cars. Pretty much everything has adaptive or radar based cruise control for distance stuff. But as much as I hate to admit it, like that is the one thing that Tesla Tesla's feels much more automatic or or robust in that way. And I do think that's concerning because it gives people too much confidence in the system where most other manufacturers, it's it's much more limited in what it does. But the features are pretty fully baked. Yeah, I think I think adaptive cruise control and the kind of the performance of how that works, that's that's kind of table straight stakes across all cars now and compared to even like the Tesla. The lane centering stuff, though, is that that varies a lot from from car to car. And that was another thing with when test driving the Explorer, they they also have active lane centering, and I I didn't find that to I found that seemed like it was maybe ping ponging a little bit, um, whereas the the Acura stuff um, is um, yeah it, it's really good, um, and you know part of what they changed with the this newest iteration of it is that. Um, all that stuff, the lane centering, adaptive cruise control, all that works you know, all the way down to a complete stop. Whereas in the past, I think mm-hmm. it, it only went down to 40 miles an hour or something. Um, yeah. so, so yeah, I mean, all, all that stuff is really good. Um, I, I, I should try to find this article and, and send it to you or put it in the notes or something there. It, it's an absolute nightmare when you're trying to figure out <laughs> like what, what, car manufacturers offer in terms of this stuff because they all have super opaque marketing names that are not very clear about what they can and can't do um which uh, on one hand is is probably for the best because you know unlike tesla that just calls their system autopilot and basically says it's it's (laughs) self-driving these other manufacturers are far more responsible about describing what their systems do um, but it makes it really hard to to know what they offer versus what they don't, which is obviously where like you just kind of have to test drive it and see. Because um, like with Acura system, it's like they don't even use the phrase lane centering. They just they think they just call it lane keep assist, which is kind of a phrase that's often used for more of like a passive lane system where it's not actively trying to keep you in the center of the lane and instead just warns you if you drift off to the side. Um, but, but that's not what this is. This actually does actively keep you centered. But then what's kind of weird too, is that they, they call it lane keep assist, like 
when you're over, I think it's 40 miles an hour, but then when you're under 40 miles an hour, they refer to it as like traffic jam assist, but it's, it's like, it's, but it's, mm-hmm. a, but it's doing the same thing. Like there's no, there's yeah, no, I, there's no capability difference between the, it's, it's, it's strange. Well, Audi had the same thing. Like, and that's the thing where I did like, that I do like about my current car is that it, it, the, it's one unified feature between zero miles per hour and 100. Like, before, like in, in Audi, it used to be there was like this weird 35 mile per hour cutoff of like when it would do, I think it's called like stop and go assist. But yeah, like, like in my car, it will, if you're in bumper to bumper traffic where like things slow down to you're not moving it will like restart the car and still keep the lane stuff on as long as you touch the capacitive steering wheel every 45 seconds. Right. But yeah. But that, that, that used, those used to be separate features where it would do certain stuff depending on like some arbitrary miles per hour well, thing. Well, I, like in thinking about it with, with Acura, like, I mean, I, I guess what they've done is that that lane keep assist, which is what they call it when the car's above, I think it's 40 miles an hour or something like they've, they've had that for a little while, but then it's, it's the under 40 mile an hour thing that's new. And so I guess instead of just, you know, using the same name for the system and calling out that it has increased capability now, I, I, I guess they just <laughs> called the sub 40 mile an hour, um, 40 mile per hour that set up just something different. Um, but anyway, um, it, it all, it all works really, really well. Um, so between having, you know, autopilot like functionality on the freeway and then having a really nice, um, CarPlay setup, um, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a sweet car. And it's the, the other thing that's been surprising about it too, is I was like, the reason that we were looking at like the expeditions and Tahoes and stuff is because like looking at something like an MDX from the outside, like I was a little skeptical that we'd actually be getting that much more cargo space. Like from the outside, it doesn't really look that much bigger than the car that we had. But that's, I mean, that's another thing. Like when you actually just go see these cars in person, like there actually is like in the car that we have now, this MDX, there's probably close to like twice the storage space with the third row down compared to what we had before. So, so Yeah. Um, that's, that's good stuff, but yeah, not a, uh, not a good time to buy a car. So if you don't actually need to buy a car, don't. Well, but if you don't need to buy a car, you do need a laptop. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try to see if we can go this entire episode without me saying anything substantive. So yeah. Yeah. So, so speaking of buying the, uh, just the entry level, um, version of something, um, I bought, uh, the new, the new MacBook air. Um, you know, I've, I've been wanting a, a, um, you know, a new personal computer for a while. Like the, my personal computer before was a, just a work laptop that I, I got to keep when upgrading to, to a new one. Um, so, you know, but I wanted some, that, that was a, uh, what was that? That was like a 20, it's like a 2018, MacBook Pro, so obviously pre-Apple Silicon, you know, bad keyboard, touch bar, like that whole thing. Um, and so when the new MacBook Air came out, I, I knew I wanted to to upgrade to that and uh, and did and bought just the, you know, the, the, the entry level 1199 version, the one with the, you know, the slow ass SSD and the, um, 
eight gigs of RAM. But you know, for what I'm using it for, like the SSD thing is a is a total non-issue, and eight gigs of RAM is fine. Um, got it in the the midnight color, which is really really sharp looking. It's a total fingerprint magnet, but but it looks really nice. And I'm I'm speaking to you on it right now. And yeah, it's a, it's a really nice machine. Have you ever used or held the 14-inch MacBook Pro? No. Yeah, I kind of I kind of never want to touch the MacBook Air because I wouldn't ever want the it's not that it's compromised but but the performance I feel like it feels and looks or I haven't felt it yet but it looks like the perfect size. And that it's kind of like it's it's I, I I don't ever have any complaints about my 14-inch MacBook Pro, which is a lovely computer, being too heavy or too big, but like the Air is I think like 1.2 pounds lighter. Like it's 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 a it's it seems like a really nice computer. It, it it is it is hilarious going back and forth between my current work laptop, which is a you know 16-inch you know M1 max macbook pro and this macbook air <laughs> they they could i mean they're the same general like design language with like the flat sides and whatnot but outside of that like i mean they could not be more different computers like that 16 inch macbook pro is a total tank compared to uh compared to this macbook air yeah the the, Mac, the macbook air it's it's I, i've never owned an, an air um and I mean, it, it is just like, it's so shockingly thin and light. Um, and the, you know, I, I guess I've, I've never really thought about this with my work laptop because that's, that's plugged into power like 95% of the time. But with the MacBook Air, I've had it just kind of around the house. And the battery life with Apple Silicon is just unbelievably good. Like we were... We were on a Zoom call with some friends a couple of weeks ago that ended up going, you know, probably close to like two hours um, using, you know, using Zoom. And I, I think my bat- the battery was fully charged going into it. And I think when we were done, it was at like 92%. <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's crazy. And like, even like when I used to do these, you know, the, the pod out here in the backyard, like with that old... Um, machine that I had, like it, I was getting the like battery service warning on it too, which obviously wasn't good. But like I would, I'd have to plug that thing into power for it to last through one of our recordings. And you know, now with the MacBook Air tonight, like I did, I didn't even really bother to see what the battery was at before we started, and it it hasn't basically budged. So, so yeah, it's a, it's a it's a great it's a great little great little computer. Um, been really happy with it. Nice. And remind me how much RAM? Just the eight eight gigs. So this is just the the base the base model. That, but that's, I'm, that's that's tight. Yeah, but I'm I'm just not I'm not using it for for anything crazy. Um, like I I mean I <laughs> I have Lightroom installed on it, but I haven't actually used Lightroom on it. Um. So yeah, I mean like the RAM's not an issue. Mm-hmm. Like I've got a I bought a little like terabyte external ssd for like 60 bucks so like if i ever do if i if i if i ever am in a situation where like i i do use lightroom or something and like do need some more storage temporarily like 
with that little SSD, that's not a big deal. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I'm just, I'm never going to be using this computer for anything other than, than like what we're doing right now is about the most taxing thing this computer is going to be used for. And, you know, Apple Silicon can, can handle this no problem. Yeah, according to my my current activity monitor, uh, Lightroom is using 13 gigs of memory. So that might, might, might be a non-starter, but if that can be on your work machine, then that's fine. Yeah. Uh, um. Yeah. Cool. Uh, it, it is, comes it comes in midnight, which is almost black, silver, and yellow. Are those the colors? What? It, what? It's it's well, there's space gray, of course. There's like there's like plain old aluminum there's starlight which is like aluminum but with some like yellow hues to it and then there's midnight which is basically kind of like black but but in person especially if you're like at night right now it it just looks like a black laptop but during the day where there's light on it it's definitely blue like i it makes me glad that i didn't get the midnight colored apple watch and then the reason i didn't was was for this reason which is that i i didn't i didn't want a blue watch and i felt like in certain light lighting situations it would look blue and this this laptop definitely does but with the laptop i think that's kind of cool um because it's because it's just a it's just kind of a different fun color so i i love the way it it looks on the on the laptop but i wouldn't want it on a watch Mm-hmm. because it's definitely it's definitely blue for sure like i wouldn't call it well black or gray during the day the the apple watch but doesn't it have the exact same setup as the iphone 13 which is that it comes in a blue but then it also comes in midnight which is an almost black blue well but that what i'm saying is that midnight the almost black blue is actually pretty darn blue a lot of the time like this i mean at least i guess i i don't know if i've actually even seen that apple watch in person but the this this macbook air is is it's blue during the day it's a dark blue for sure but it's i i my first i would not call it like gray or black i would call it a dark blue hmm. but it, but i think i mean i think it looks it looks really really nice on the laptop and it's just it's something it's something different. I think if you if you look back at my um my order history of Apple products like the last 8 years, it's it's probably without any exception been space gray. <laughs> so it's it's nice to, you know, do a little bit of a a little bit of a change with this MacBook Air. Mhm. Um, but yeah, it's, um, it's sweet. And I'm now I'm fully, as I think you are now fully in the, the Apple Silicon lifestyle. No, no Intel based Mac uh, is in this house anymore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's true, man. You really got to listen to this week's upgrade. It covers a lot of stuff that overlaps on our show. Uh, cause you, cause you are fully bought in on, uh, pronouncing Silicon the Apple way now. Is there, what's the other way? Uh, the way that you've been pronouncing it. Hmm. How how would you say the the greater region of the South Bay that encompasses many technology companies? Silicon Valley. Valley. Silicon Valley. Silicon Valley. Silicon Valley. Okay. Hmm. hmm. We'll come back to that after you've yeah, come up with a new moniker for uh, James. 
You gotta put that on OmniFocus. I'm currently 17 items in debt, oh so it's okay. Stress, hey. stress. <laughs> Why? It's just, it's just so much easier when you just give up and, like, and you just let the waves take you away. <laughs> That's not dark, is it? Uh, it's a little dark, yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, summer of fun. Um, okay, let's... We'll have a. We're gonna have a lot of catch up, and I'll and I'll have to do some more rigorous uh, outlining and scheduling for next week. But let's go. Well, let's 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 fork this episode in, into two halves. So we've got we got we got all 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 the new Ryan business, and now we have the final Saul business. Mm, mm-hmm. So the last show we had had the second half of the season premiered. I don't believe so no it 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 had not so we we last recorded when we were in between the two halves of this season so we had just so spoilers of course um we had just the the, the last episode we had seen which would have been you know some number of weeks before that last recording was was the the howard episode got it um I how, how do you want to approach this? I don't I don't think realistically we're gonna do we're gonna have anything productive to say in terms of trying to recap. Yeah, no no re, no recaps. Yeah. So, um, so how, how do you want to approach it? So the the thing that I think I'll probably most remember about this last season, especially the second half of it, is how different the structure was from what i expected um and like what i mean by that is i I guess i always kind of assumed that the the gene storyline like the post breaking bad storyline would actually just resolve itself like maybe in an episode but i guess in my mind i actually didn't even think that would be a full episode i almost thought it would just be like a slightly extended version of what we were getting as the first scene of each season as the show went on. And, and so the way that they basically just abruptly ended better call Saul, like basically ended like that show and then switched gears to becoming like a, like a breaking bad sequel. Like as soon as, you know kim left jimmy i I thought was really really creative and smart well so so, so let's 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 highlight that a little bit so so remind people what what how did the how did the series kind of split so the ending was you have and again and again again, spoilers spoilers but you had lalo's death you have howard's death and you have um gus escaping death at the hands of Lalo and the others. Right. And then then we we have an we have an episode where there's kind of like the the fallout from that. But then that, you know, that ends with Kim making the decision to to leave Jimmy. And, and how the, how, do, how does she frame it? That basically they're they're bad for each other. Like they bring out the worst in each other. Correct. Um and what they do is, is, is the, that scene is over. And then the last scene of that episode, we just like abruptly jump to sometime during, you know, the timeline of Breaking Bad, 
where Jimmy is now just, you know, full on Saul Goodman. And it, it's basically like the morning in the life of, of Saul Goodman. And then the episode ends and it's just like, oh, like the, the, the Jimmy better call Saul timeline. It's just, it's just like, it's over. And then from that point on, actually, the primary timeline is, is, is the post Breaking Bad stuff. So it's like the final, what, three or four episodes is all just basically post Breaking Bad with some flashbacks to, you know, Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad era events. And it, like the, 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 go ahead. I mean, those being uh, terribly unsuccessful. I, uh, I really well, we can, think the parts, we, we can get to that, yeah. Yeah, d- d- don't don't care for it. One thing that I would say that I do like of kind of how... Um, so over the six seasons, the opening credits and the theme, all it, it, it always had the same kind of like VHS style, early 90s. Like it, it had a, a, an aesthetic to it. And it would change every season just a little bit. But I do like the part where when timeline flips a little bit to being kind of like post breaking bad you actually have like the tape rewinding and they're like recording a new chapter of the episode i always found that a good like palette cleanser or a way to frame what you're about to watch right um and i mean what i thought was so smart about that is the other thing that that they could have done which i which i guess is just what i thought they would do is like kim breaks up with jimmy then we get the the get we get the like the montage episode where Jimmy is is kind of like falling into this dark hole and he makes the decision to like just embrace Saul and you know he goes goes out and buys all the crazy crazy suits and you know we see him like setting up his office to the way that it looks like it does in Breaking Bad but but they just they skip over all that because like we can we can fill in that gap ourselves. Like we we know we already know like what that would look like. And so instead of spending time on that, they instead kind of reallocate all that time to to fleshing out the the post breaking bad timeline, which is which is really really interesting. It is it's way more interesting than, you know, showing more of like what that kind of like in between better call Saul breaking bad time would look like. Um, and you know, of course we're, we're kind of burying the lead with all of us too, which is that Kim survives, right? Like, and that's something that I guess probably started to become a little bit more apparent when Howard died. Cause it, it really kind of felt like that was the moment where it was like, Oh, we we this whole time have assumed it was going to be Kim, but it actually ends up being you know poor Howard. Um, and so you know, spending more time on that post Breaking Bad timeline also shows us you know what happened to Kim, which is something that I you know I don't think we ever would have assumed was even going to be a possibility until you know until the Howard thing. Yeah. So. I guess in that sense, how would you, how do you feel about the wrap up of the character arcs? Because I, because I guess the 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 way that it develops after you enter that post Breaking Bad phase is you have a look at Gene in 
Nebraska, who is living his Cinnabon lifestyle. And then I don't remember the exact moment of when he kind of starts regressing and starts running low-key cons again. Like, does he does he meet Marion, Mary, uh, the the um, Carol Burnett character? Does does he meet her or her son first? Uh, well, he so he meets her son first because in what context? Um, yeah, so. He is on a lunch break during a Cinnabon shift. Oh, and he identifies him as a little... Yeah, okay. He and, and the other guy um, recognize him as being Saul. And, and his, his first instinct is to call the vacuum cleaner guy again and basically get out of town. But he, he makes the decision that he doesn't want to do that again and instead just handle it himself. And so that was from like... I think that was from like the beginning of season five. So it's been a while since we picked that back up. But what he decides to do is basically run a con where, you know, if, if he ratted out, if that, if that guy ratted out Saul, like they would both be implicated. So Mm -hmm. kind of wraps him up in it. And, And then also, you know, um, gets the thrill of, of, you know, conning people again which you know obviously is is kind of has been his mode for the last year or two yeah so 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 you have you have that arc of him kind of regressing and falling into his old ways and and you do kind of see as things progress he's coaching other people on how to get away with things but at a certain point and I forget what the, what the impetus was where he starts um, the whole thing where he bra- he facilitates breaking into people's houses to do not not necessarily like white collar crime, but basically just to siphon money from them in a like more of an electronic and not physical way. Like he starts getting more ambitious with that kind of thing. But that also leads into a situation where he is about to... Um, attack a man who's waking up from a drunken stupor using his dog's ashes which is a very very upsetting mm-hmm. visual thing to see but 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 you 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 see over the course of like i guess that three or six month run however much time is supposed to be covered in the show that he kind of just becomes jimmy slash the worst worst parts of saul again where when he ran away to nebraska the whole point was to i guess live the blandest life possible and kind of just deal with his feelings of one all the all the terrible stuff that happened in breaking bad but also the loss that he suffered from being estranged and and divorced or 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 separated from kim something that it actually made a lot of sense is that i i i had always assumed that when we got these flashes to the post breaking bad timeline that that was like years in the future but i i I think I I think I read this in a in a recap, um, which is um, the episode where um, Saul slash Gene checks in with is it Francesca his his secretary mm-hmm. um, that they they call out the date there and it it I think it's only been like two or three months since the events of Breaking Bad. I don't think so just because most of the because I, I remember there's a bunch of discussion of this on the breaking bad or on the better call Saul subreddit of like 
technical goofs and stuff where most of the stuff in the like season five where you still have a lot of Gus and uh, Gus and Mike stuff going on that's happening in like 2006 2007 and when Kim is in Florida I think that's 2009 or 2012 like they they bring that up so I think it's I think it's it's a couple of years Hmm. Maybe. Well, I mean, wh- whether it's, I mean, the, the, it, it's not some super it, it's long not, period of time. Right. Yeah. Which, which kind of like, it, it, it goes to show that like the life that, you know, Jimmy was, was leading, like he wasn't going to be able to sustain that over the long run. Um, mm-hmm. but anyway, but yeah, yeah, I, I, I thought the, just that, that from, from Howard's death, and then through, you know, Kim leaving Jimmy, like the the it became a completely different show past that point. It be again, it became like a you know a Breaking Bad sequel, which I never never would have guessed that the entire run of the of the show wouldn't have guessed it until it it happened because I think you and I even like talked a little bit about this that episode where you know, Kim leaves Jimmy and then they, they switch to that Saul Goodman scene. And it was just like, wait, like what, what just, what just happened? <laughs> yeah. And, and, and the part with the black and white, like they, they do a, a very good job of explaining how, like of, of the time difference in, in setting the stage. And you do, and you will see in the final six episodes where they toggle, they alternate between, full color scenes and black and white scenes to kind of establish the time and place of stuff that happens contemporaneously with the like still breaking bad timeline and what what's happening three years down the road, which I, I do feel that that is right for the time, the timeline. But yeah, like I, I think overall it's fairly well done. Um, I, I don't think we have to exhaustively talk about every episode just because if we didn't do it by week, I, I'm, I don't have enough of a fresh memory to explain it. But I guess overall, how would you rate or what's your what's your thoughts on the like final six episodes as a whole and also particularly the last episode? I, I thought the last six episodes as a whole were were fantastic. Again, in, in large part just because of how unexpected the structure and focus was again like i mean like kim survived like we went we went the entire run of the show assuming that that wasn't going to be the case and it was and that was a total surprise and the way the way that they handled that and the way that they didn't like they didn't do the thing that we thought that this show was going to be right we thought it was going to be the quirky adventures of Saul Goodman and like they could have they could have done that they could have had an episode or two here where he's making that transition from Jimmy to Saul and they just they just didn't do that they skipped over all that which I just thought was was so good and so smart um and it was it was really then cool to like spend so much time in the the post Breaking Bad world which which i actually hadn't spent any time in because i i never did watch that jesse pinkman netflix movie i don't know if you did no did did the, i think it was called el camino did it right. actually have any relevance or like did did it did it 
bridge any gaps or it, I, I don't it, even know what that was supposed to, what that was supposed it, to have covered. Well, they, well, so they, no spoilers here cause they spoil it in better call Saul. Um, it's specifically in the, the conversation that Jimmy and Francesca have, um, El Camino is all about Jesse, um, getting out of town and he ends up, um, in Alaska. Like they, they, I guess there's some kind of plot where they like leave his car on the border with Mexico. So they make it look like he crossed the border there, but he actually ended up going up to Alaska. Um, anyway, I, I guess actually in Better Call Saul, they only know about the part where, his car was left by the Mexican border. So maybe I did spoil the part about him going to Alaska, but that movie's been out <laughs> for years now. So, um, so anyway, I hadn't seen that. So this was like my first time in the post breaking bad timeline. So that was really cool to see. Um, and then, you know, the, the final, the final episode, um, you know, it's, <laughs> it's hard to, it's hard to wrap up a show. Um, so, you know, it 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 felt maybe a little rushed at points, which I I think stood out just because the the rest of the show had been so carefully paced. Um, but I the the more I think about it, the more I like it. And oftentimes it's it's the other way around. Like <laughs> with some recent Star Wars stuff and stuff. Like the more I think about it, I'm like, oh man, that really wasn't very good. Um, but with this, I feel like the more I think about it, the more I read about it, um, the more, the more I like it. Um, one quick sidebar, I guess, maybe before getting your thoughts, (laughs) one thing that was kind of a nagging thing, especially in this last season where, you know, obviously the tie-ins to, to Breaking Bad were a lot stronger. I really wish I remembered more about Breaking Bad. (laughs) It's been so many years that like... I, I guess I remembered the the necessities, but like when I would read recaps of Better Call Saul, like there were so many little things that they were connecting back to Breaking Bad, which just like went totally over my head just because it's been, I mean, God, you reminded me of this recently. It's been how many years since Breaking Bad was on, on the air? It's been years. Ten. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I, I wish I would have gone back and like rewatched breaking bad or something but i feel like some of the stuff would have hit a little bit different had i done that but but yeah overall i thought i thought it was i thought it was tremendous and i maybe last quick thing like and this has been in a bunch of recaps so it's not not an original thought but the fact that this show the fact that better call saul is arguably just as good if not a better show than breaking bad is like that I mean that that would have seemed completely implausible when the show first started. So the fact that they pulled that off is is pretty awesome. Yeah. So to answer that question more directly, I I think that Better Call Saul was a much more. It couldn't have existed without the other show before, but I do think it eclipsed the other show because it was much better at using story versus action and violence totally yeah it was much it was much 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 more restrained and a lot of the tension and um the action that pulled the narrative forward was more of a feeling of unease than actual like visual stuff 
Right. I like, I, I, I think that, that I don't, I, I kind of wish there was like, if like I, the ringer feels like the appropriate venue for this. If there was anybody who watched better call Saul, but had who, who managed to not watch breaking bad, I, I would like to know that how that landed with them. Because I feel like it, it's a self-contained thing where if you don't know, like, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. And I, and, and I feel like in retrospect, I actually, I, I'm not sure Breaking Bad was that necessarily always that good of a show. Um, I think like it was just some like there's a lot of stuff that you can watch that's serialized and is very interesting in the moment, but in terms of depth of storytelling and richness of characters, Better Call Saul had that way way more. But again, this is kind of the X walked so Y could run type thing, so. Right. Yeah, no, that, there was there was one of the recaps I read that actually pointed that out where they were they were making the point that you, you could watch Better Call Saul without actually ever seeing Breaking Bad and totally follow it and, and really enjoy the show. Except that that completely falls apart. <laughs> the last few the last few episodes is where you get into the territory where if you had not ever heard of Breaking Bad, you'd start to lose the thread a little bit. But um, and I'm, I'm, you're probably more familiar with this than I am in terms of you're in, in the Star Wars and the Marvel universes or whatever, but I'm, I'm not familiar with the concept of like fan service, but I, I don't mm. know if any of the final episodes had stuff that was just there for people who are watching closely. Yeah, there, I, there, I don't think, I don't there, think there was there, a ton. There, there was, there, there was a lot of that. So the, the one thing that got called out in one of the recaps I read that stood out to me, which I have zero memory of from breaking bad is that in the in the flashback that they have in the last better call saul episode with um between walt and jimmy when they're in the basement of the vacuum cleaner guy waiting to get out of town and uh, saul does the whole like time machine thing with walt um when walt goes to explain what his biggest regret is there's a there's a quick camera shot to a watch do you remember anything about that? No. That watch was given to him by Jesse as a birthday present. And in the moment that this scene is happening, Walt had just basically left Jesse to the to the Nazis that they ended up running into. Mm-hmm. And so like that that flash to the watch is, is basically showing that, you know, Walt's first thought was to think of Jesse when thinking about regrets, but then he you know, doesn't end up explaining that to Saul. And that, I mean, that completely went over my head <laughs> until reading a recap. So yeah, I think there, I think there's a bunch of, a bunch of stuff like that, right? I think like, I suspect what a really cool experience would be, which I mean, who, who has the time, but I, I suspect it would be really neat to, do a just a crazy marathon where you just you binge breaking bad and you binge binge better call Saul back to back like that's that's probably a pretty neat combo my life's not that busy but i'm sorry i don't have 100 hours for that. no yeah no i mean I, there's no way i do either but i i do think there's there's probably a lot you'd you'd pick up on there um yeah i mean i guess like I have, maybe I'm saying the same thing over and over again, but like I, I do feel like this last season was sort of the imperfect, was the perfect encapsulation of the show as a whole, where it just all of it was just so unexpected in the sense that it was just so much better than like you 
thought it was going to be and, and didn't like, I think maybe I mentioned this one of the last shows that we did before we, before we took our little break where like better call Saul, the final season has been happening at an interesting time. Like for me and like other star Wars fans where there was also this Obi-Wan show that came out, um, in May and June, which, you know, also very much like a, a prequel. Um, and that, and that show was just it would that show was so uninteresting. Like it wasn't bad, but it just it just didn't do anything remotely interesting. Like it it kind of did. Like if you like if if you were to like have me like if you were to say, "Hey, we're going to do this like Obi-Wan show." Like what do you think that's going to what do you think that's going to look like? And if I just kind of sketched out like some of the things I thought it would do, like that's basically what they just did. Like they just didn't do anything very creative or interesting. Um, which is, which is hard to do when you, when you already know the ending, but with better call Saul, I mean, they, they, it it was such an interesting show in ways that prequels just normally aren't. Yeah. So specifically with the last episode, I don't know what I was expecting, and I haven't had time to rewatch it. I, I'm not. It's very challenging to wrap up six seasons of TV in a satisfying way, but it, it felt based off a single viewing to be very rushed, and yeah. also to have just that final episode thing of you just feel like you have to wrap everything up yeah where just him like the the, if you think about how the last this uh, the penultimate episode that's the word that means the last before the final right correct the penultimate episode you you have carol burnett's character calling the cops on him and that whole thing like wraps itself up in like six minutes and then you have like you have him in 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 custody, and then he goes to jail. And then then he manages his whole scheme to bring in that one really likable public defender from New Mexico. And then and that yeah, I'm happy he got his screen time because that guy's the guy's hilarious. But like it all went by really really quickly. And then the way that the idea that um, during the negotiation for where he's going to serve his reduced sentence is that that's when he finds out that. Kim confessed to the whole entire thing like that didn't feel all that satisfying and you see him in prison for like eight minutes and like of course because it's Saul Goodman he's made friend, friends with everybody like and then in the very again spoilers and at the very end he and Kim are like smoking together like it's I I get all of it and maybe I just wasn't paying enough attention or I, or I was just anxious for what I was watching, but like it felt like it just didn't feel very fleshed out. Like it could have been twice as long or they didn't actually have to maybe go as far into the future. Like they, the, his like redemptive act of kind of doing the same thing that Kim did to clear her conscience or, be more upfront about the bad that they have done. Like his whole thing of like inside the courtroom, he 
suddenly finds a conscience or not not even that but just because just stops being a compulsive liar for like five minutes and he's doing that just because he's staring kim in the face like that that sort of felt honest but not really i I don't i don't know i'm 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 probably being too harsh on it but i don't i have a lot of mixed feelings about it you're maybe being a a, like a little too harsh but but only a little like I, i definitely agree with you that the final episode felt rushed and it, it especially felt that way because of how it compares to many of the other episodes of the show, including some of the final episodes, like thinking back to like maybe the fourth to last episode, I think this was like that entire episode where it, it's the, it's the first, you know, gene con with the whole like cinnamon bun with the, you know mall security officer like they they spent an entire episode on that and that episode is like so methodical in the way that it 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 carries out it's 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 an hour on like this one con whereas yeah the last episode is a you know it's an hour and 10 minutes or whatever it is but it's like all over the place in terms of like the time that it covers um so yeah, no, I know I think that's fair, and I, the, I guess the thing that again may, maybe a second viewing would help with this. I'm not quite sure, but like the the thing that I that I felt like I missed in the moment was like the moment that Saul decided to become Jimmy again, like the moment that he decided to get Kim back. And in reading recaps, it sounds like that moment is supposed to be when he's on the plane. And he realizes, and he's talking to, you know, his lawyer, um, the moment where Jimmy learns that, you know, not only did Kim come clean, but she actually went to Howard's widow. Uh, I guess that that's supposed to be the moment where he, where he realizes like what Kim has done done and and he really respects that and and kind of wants to like earn her her respect back but that just that didn't quite i don't know that that didn't quite land for me like i guess i wanted i wanted i wanted that to play out like i'm i'm i i think the way it ended was 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 good but the way we got there I don't know, maybe could have been a little more flushed out, which maybe goes back to your point, which is it was kind of rushed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I get it. And it, and it ultimately does make sense. I, I need to rewatch. I, I do feel like we need to put a placeholder on next week's docket of it's, it's marinated for a week longer to, yeah. uh, to think about it. But like, yeah, I just don't. I also didn't entirely because they they circled back to Chuck on it too, and that's the part where that also felt forced. Like they kind of were like, "Hey, well, the the show's ending. We need to give his character." And, and the guy the guy who played Chuck was it was an amazing actor and who really sold that character, but he has like there's a couple of bonus scenes uh with him in it where he says i think jimmy has the line 
that uh, you never changed paths in your entire life. And I think that was supposed to be like the clue for why he suddenly makes that redemptive for like pivot. Well, I think, I, I, I think also the purpose of that scene was to connect with one of the themes of the final episode, which was just this idea of, you know, all of these characters have made you know, terrible mistakes in their lives. And like, what if, like, what if you could go back to a moment in time where if something had gone slightly differently, things would have been totally different. And that scene with Chuck, I think was, was that for Jimmy, where if instead of kind of blowing Chuck off in that moment, if instead he would have stayed and maybe they would have talked about Jimmy's law practice and kind of started to, you know, talk about what he was doing more and, and have Chuck become almost more of like a, like a mentor and like have that relationship where they're kind of just bouncing ideas off of each other. Like maybe that wouldn't have set Jimmy down the path that he went down. So I I think that's what that scene was. Mm. Like that, that was kind of the moment where Jimmy could have gone a different direction, but you know, he obviously, he, he, he walked out. And, you know, it's, it's, it's his relationship with Chuck that kind of kicks everything else off. So I, yeah, I think, I think that's what that was. Got it. Yeah. So I mean, overall, a great show that people should be able to watch once the licensing rights get sorted out. Cause who knows what's on AMC plus and when it'll hit Netflix in 10 months or whatever, but very worthwhile. Don't bother watching Breaking Bad. I mean, it, it it's fine, but it's. This was the much more interesting story, and oh man, like somebody on again on the Breaking Bad on the Better Call Saul subreddit had. If you just think about the thirteen episodes in totality, so you have Nacho in the desert, you have that scene with Mike and Nacho's dad, you have uh, Howard's death, you have like just all of it. Like it, that's thirteen episodes of TV. Like it feels like the. The last season was 10 seasons of uh, any other show. Well, that's, I think that you bring up a really, really good point. Like, I actually, I do think that the break that they took really is a bit of a disservice to the season. Because you imagine, can you imagine if they had just run those all together? Like, man, like that's, I mean, ultimately it doesn't take anything away from it. But like, yeah, no, you're right. Like that, what a, what a great season of TV. And they actually, I think that's probably the th- one of the the, the um, commonalities between Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul, which is really rare in TV. Which is both shows got better as they went along. I mean, the the final season of Breaking Bad similarly is is unbelievably good. Um, and that's Better Call Saul was that way too. I think maybe that's what separates Better Call Saul from Breaking Bad too is. Those first few seasons of Breaking Bad are kind of touch and go, um, whereas Better Call Saul is pretty great right from the start. Yeah, I, I think Better Call Saul still had a, 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 a tenuous first few episodes, but no, yeah, the first season of Breaking Bad, I'm amazed, uh, like it was, it was a real snooze. Or it took a while for them to figure out how, how they were going to make that work. Mm-hmm. All but, right, we're not... Uh, but yeah, okay. bummed bum, bum it's over. Um, I don't know if you saw this in the version that you were watching, um, but... watch the one straight off cable, how dare you? 
um AMC had a hilariously great moment. Um this was during one of the first couple of ad breaks that was basically like yeah, we know that, you know, the Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul era is coming to a close and that's bad for us and you know, but but hey, we've got two new shows coming out in 2023, one starring Bob Odenkirk and one starring I'm totally blanking on the actor's name who plays Gus um uh Giancarlo Esposito? Yes, thank you. The voice of Sonos, how dare you? <laughs> um yeah, they're both starring in their own shows, and AMC is like, please continue to watch our net- our network, um, which I thought was pretty good. Oh, I don't remember if this if this ever got put on the show, but somebody had a good meme, and hopefully you can find the, the link in Slack, please. But they were it was the a couple of still images of the Lalo. Um, I just want to hear the story again, and they were making a joke about the fact that AMC Plus only lets you watch like two episodes at once, and and they're like, I paid a lot of money for the subscription. I'll watch this episode as much as I want. Oh, I I I'm, I'm, I, I thought I'm that it badly, but I thought that meme was going in a different direction, which is just like AMC wants to continue telling the same story over and over again because they don't know what they're going to do next. Because I mean, I mm-hmm. I'm thinking about like I mean, I've been watching something on AMC for you know well over 10 years now between Mad Men and then I I did the the Walking Dead thing for a while Ugh. um yeah no I stopped that a while back um and then of course you know Breaking Bad and then Better Call Saul and so now it's like yeah I I don't I don't know when the next time I'm going to watch something on AMC is yeah probably never yeah, yeah. Um, there's a people say that that Halt and Catch Fire show is supposed to actually be decent, mm. but meh. I, I will watch that out right after I get to For All Mankind, which oh, will be after oh. I'm, for after I'm dead because I'm never gonna watch it because well, I don't care about space. So, so no, the shit's not the show's not really about space. I don't space. care. Um, TV, it, it, when you watch Succession in full, I will watch one episode of For All Mankind, <laughs> which means I will never watch For All Mankind. How dare you? Um, yeah, season no no spoilers no spoilers. Season three of um, For All Mankind just ended last week, and oh, it's it's so good, so good. Yeah, it'll be one of those. <laughs> Never mind. Um, okay, so we will we will circle back to this next week, um, and maybe we'll have some more thoughts. I, I like I'm I'm gonna rewatch the finale. I, hopefully, you can squeeze in. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably try to do that too. Mm-hmm. Or or while while the yeah I still haven't worked up anything better but while uh, James is uh, sleep talking just yeah <laughs> um all right I'll, I'll we'll we'll sort through some stuff and bring up some old business next week but um do we even have chef, chef specials um I mean I I, I, I <laughs> you can't say fatherhood or some bullshit no no. <laughs> Um, no, do you, you're not allowed. No, I, I will. I'll, let's just let's just make it better. Call Saul. Watch that show if you haven't. It's great. Um, do I have anything? Oh, I do have something. Mm, I, I actually, um, I, I, I have one too, but I, I think I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna save it for next week. Okay, I, I have a thing that you can buy with your with good American money. Um. We talked about this. Well, well, one the the Roomba J7. There'll be more on that next week. Uh, 
a curious product. Also, Amazon bought iRobot. We'll get to mm, that next week. Yeah. Um, but I bought one of those Dyson stick vacuum things. Oh. And so I bought and I and I here's the trick with buying Dyson stuff. Like it it's a vacuum. You don't need you don't need the latest one. It it tell it says it has laser guided dirt detection. <laughs> who, who who no no nobody cares. It, this is not but, I, but but Carlos, does does it have an Alexa skill? I I don't <laughs> Here's the, actually, you know what? That is a good point. You just reminded me. I do, I do dislike that I'm not able that I actually have to press the button to t- to tell the Roomba to start working. I've been too lazy to configure the Alexa skill for it. Uh, but I have, I bought. So the trick to buying Dyson stuff is that you can go to the Dyson outlet on eBay and you get stuff for a really good deal. So the I have the Dyson V10 Cyclone Absolute, which retails for six hundred dollars. Mm. and uh, there was some type of sale on eBay, and then it was a refurbished version of this, so I got it for $260. So it's very good. Like, if if you have all hardwood or mostly hardwood, it is extremely versatile and pretty good, and it's got the thing where it can be like a a kitchen vacuum with, like, the long sticky thing. It can be, like, a, a way to clean, like, the upholstery on a couch or like clean your car like it's 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 got all the stuff so if you can pick it up for 40 percent of what it retails for because you bought a refurb on ebay it's very good and i have there's another thing that you can get with it which i think makes it much more valuable and i will send you the link it is called the Dyson Cyclone V10 Dock D O K no yeah, very, C for some very, reason very upsetting. <laughs> um, and it's one hundred and forty nine dollars, but again, that you can also find cheaper elsewhere. And it's got a little thing where it just one. It's it has like a little like thing where it's always charging, and it has all the tools where if they weren't in like a central organized place, like it's one of those things where like it would be in the very 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 back of a closet or a cupboard where you would just basically never have anything but the tool that's attached to it i don't know it's 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 pretty good because i you can't do the roomba only lifestyle like i the a roomba cannot be your only vacuum right no no yeah you need you need something for big messes especially if you if you have housemates um i do not but but i still sometimes you're you're making trader joe's chicken fried rice in the kitchen and you, you stir a little too aggressively and you you, you got to clean up a mess so this is good if you find it on the cheap. Yeah, it, it didn't make my list of three big additions since we last spoke. But <laughs> Shut up. Um, Shut but 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 another purchase we did make. Um, we we also got a, a a vacuum similar to this, not a Dyson. Um, the the lady friend like exhaustively researched these. Um, you, you get a, is it the, is it the shark? No, it's not the shark. I'm I'm, I'm actually I'm actually I don't even quite remember what the the brand of it is um but anyway it, it's form factor wise very similar to this dyson thing and it, it's it's nice and yeah you need you need something like that to to augment the the roomba for sure the roomba is great but yeah it it can't be your only vacuum yeah the one the one thing about the Roomba that i haven't done properly yet because i still because even though i got i got the j7 that uh, like ha- has the poop promise even though i'm a dog but like it, it has the smarts right where allegedly it's supposed to avoid cables and stuff but i just got bit uh 
bit in the behind so many times by that Roomba 690, which was a very dumb, like in terms of being like unintelligent vacuum cleaner, where it would find a way to eat every sock. And if there was, if your floor was not entirely <laughs> a devoid of everything, it would just, it would be like a dog that you left alone with like the, with just like chocolate and treats and ever like just everything within its range. And it would just eat all of it. And then yeah, like, it just, so I have the smarter Roomba now. But I need to, because the whole point of the Roomba is not that it's a good vacuum cleaner, is that it's a vacuum cleaner that you can automate so that you don't think about vacuuming. Right. And I have not automated it yet because I don't trust it. Right. So that is going to get out of OmniFocus. 